The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here. Joined with our Monday Pick Show squad, Alex Selznick and Emery Hunt of Sportsline. The last episode, the Super Friends, broke down week four of the NFL season. It was Breach, Wilson, and Brinson. And they all claimed that this year is finally, finally, the Bills' year. And they, I don't know about that. I mean, all right, I'll, we'll talk I about I say it. the Bills are the best team in the NFL. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk about that. You guys also diagnosed uh, the Hollywood Chiefs problems to more than just Swifty fever. If you want to watch that episode, check it out on our YouTube channel, audio version, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and while you're at it, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to uh, everything that we got going on. The Bills are the best team in the NFL. I mean... I don't know. I've just bet... You guys know. I've bet so much on the Bills and they disappoint me every year. So it's it's hard, but I mean, they look good. I just think they're the most. I mean, like the like they lost week week one of the Jets. Jets are kind of their kryptonite. Um, that defense played really well. As, you know, home opener. You know, Rogers gets hurt. They you know Jets are a little deflated, but they they storm back. Josh Allen got impatient in the last, and it maybe is a blessing in disguise because the last three weeks he's been yeah. extremely patient. And and uh, yeah, like people people are like, well, the Niners are better. That's fine. Niner, Niners are really good. I picked the Bills over the Niners in the Super Bowl. So like, I feel pretty good about my start to the season in terms of like w- like my projection overall for 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 the outcome there. But like, I, I think the one difference I would say this is sort of what I said last night. So I don't want to rehash it too much. But if I'm, let's say you're, it's Bills versus Niners, and there's a chance that one of those teams is down 17 points to the other team. We're down double digits. Like, do I want Josh Allen or Brock Purdy leading the comeback? And the answer Brock for me is, yeah. well, I, lo- I love Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's awesome, but like, don't, you, don't you agree, right? Like, yeah. Like, if, like, if we're looking at who's a better quarterback, of course, yeah. I'm going to say Josh Allen is, is better from what we've seen than, than Brock Purdy. Like but the, the, the in Niners, terms of the offense, I think the Niners' offense is is better than the, the Bills' offense in terms of – I don't know. I mean, they're – If you flipped, if you if you switched – wait, this is you – know, this is – you know what, let's – Yeah, let's keep keep it moving here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, power, power rank. You know, we'll discuss this further tomorrow on the Power Rank Show with yes. Pete Prisco, myself, uh, Ryan Wilson, and uh, and John Breach, in which we rank random things and then rank uh, and then look at Pete's power rings. I'd be curious to see how he handles the top five because we gave him grief about not having the Dolphins. He had the Dolphins at four, maybe, or the Dolphins at five, uh-huh. and the Bills at six, and was like, "I think the Bills are going to win." And I agreed with him. So I like I, I think Pete's top five will be Niners. Eagles, because they're both undefeated, right? Only two undefeated teams left. Yep, in the NFC too, which yep. is interesting. And then that's right. And then um, Chiefs, Bills, and then I don't know who'll go at five. Maybe Cowboys or Dolphins. All right. Well, if you want to hear last night's recap, uh, make sure you find that on our YouTube channel or anywhere that you get podcasts. And then also make sure that you tune in tomorrow for the power rankings for more on that. We are going to look at some early leans for Week Five. Um, before we do, let's just do a short. Um, 
week four betting recap, kind of look at some macro trends. Favorites went seven, five, and two against the spread. Home teams also uh, victorious here, seven, five, and two against the spread. Home dogs, three, one, and one. Um, unders went six and eight. Um, and underdogs finally dipped below 500. This has kind of been the year of the dog for the first few weeks. They're 26, 21, and one. Um, week four really il illustrated the power of the home field advantage. Should we as assume that this trend is going to continue, Emery? Um, listen, I'm the wrong person to ask about home or away advantages because, uh, <laughs> like I said before, if it, the better team will win no matter where the game is played. So um, well, I, I really truly believe it's about each week is a, it's a whole new thing, right, in terms of the matchup, injuries, who's in, who's out, and who's playing more so than home or away, uh, you know, the last 10 games or on national TV or primetime. It's really it's really a week-to-week, -week, game to game basis with in terms of betting, in my opinion. Well, and I think, too, and, and Professor, you can, you know, I'm curious what you think about, you know, if you're looking at, you know, when you're evaluating the home away stuff, like, who's who's playing at home, right? Like, home field advantage has, gone, has dissipated significantly over the past few years um, to the point where, there are some true home field advantages and RJ, 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 you know, could talk about this on Thursday. We should probably ask him about it. But like, for instance, the Eagles are at the Rams this week. You know, who's not going to like any, it used to be, it was just automatic three points, home field advantage. You build that in the line. There is no home field advantage that will be built in to Eagles versus the Rams because the Eagles, the Eagles will have the home field advantage here because Eagles fans travel. Well, there's Eagles fans everywhere. Um, they're a little bandwagony sometimes and that's fine. Um, you know, for, like in the, in well, the but state, Rams are such a newer franchise in LA. They don't have an actual exactly. home fan base. Yeah. And it's like, if you're an Eagles fan, with, if like you're like a, wealthy-ish diehard Eagles fan or like you have like you know you if you're you got a bunch of miles like a bunch of sky miles or something like like you know what you might have blocked off Sunday October 8th at 4 4 p.m uh 1 p.m uh west coast time to be out in Los Angeles where it's just delightful all the time to see the the Rams play yeah, I, Rams, yeah. I, I would agree. I think home field is really only applicable to about a handful, uh, maybe less than 10 teams in the NFL. As far as like historical trends, uh, home field advantage, I, I'm with Emery here. I just have a tough time really weighing that very heavily. I kind of focus more uh, just on the week to week matchup. And I agree kind of with Emery's outlook. That's just certainly how it applies to props. So sides and totals, a little bit of a different story. But with props, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, honed in on the individual matchup. And I, I saw just jump. I saw somebody in the comments talking about in the playoffs it matters. And listen, I'm gonna give you from both sides because as as a player, I know we lost every dog on game, no matter where we played in college. Right? Didn't matter. Um, and as a Saints fan growing up, we talk about the Dome Patrol. Like, oh man, the Saints. It's hard to play in the Superdome. Saints lost all their playoff games mm. with the Dome Patrol at home. So was it really the home field or was it the fact that a team had, you know, Deion Sanders or Randall Cunningham or uh, the Anthony Carter and Minnesota Vikings beat the brakes off the Saints 44-10 in their first playoff game in 87? As an adult, you realize, you know what? That really doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But it does help you in terms of rest and injury. So maybe that's an, a way that people look at it as opposed to the actual stadium beating you that it doesn't matter. That's not the actual stadium, but our friends over at Cheesehead TV also in the comments here, hopefully it's Aaron uh, Nagler. What's up, Nags? Home field advantage is rare now, but you definitely saw it on display in Buffalo yesterday. I do think that somewhere like Buffalo or Seattle or even Kansas City. That well, I mean, Se crowd... Seattle specifically to that, yeah. the Panthers had eight false starts, right? In that game against the Seahawks. Like that is a case of home field advantage mattering significantly. I would Did it, yeah. or was it the fact that they were playing a rookie uh, a Andy Dalton in the offensive line or in Buffalo? Was it the, was it, you know, I, I want to say rich stadium. There is, an, the there is an advantage to, I mean, crowds can affect false starts and those kind of things. So I do think when you have a very passionate fan base, it's really loud. I don't, yes, the better team is going to win, but I do think that certain stadiums and fan bases can affect small things in the game to give the advantage. I mean, you look at even betting spreads, home field advantage is always three points. 
Right. Well, and, and like you got to think about it too from this. Like this, I think this is a good perspective, right? So when the Seahawks played the Panthers, the Panthers were zero and three, and the Seahawks were two and one. This is a Seahawks team that um, had played. I'm trying to think where they played in Week One. Did they play at home in Week One? Detroit, I think. No, 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 no they, 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 had the, they lost the Rams. Right. They lost the Rams at home in Week One. Play at Detroit. So, they, so you're coming back home. You're still two and one. See, like you're, not, you know, for instance, this week, Panthers are going to the Lions, right? In Week Five. The Lions are going to have a significant home field advantage because they're three and one. They're coming off a 10 day stretch where, like, Lions, like, like you can, the, this Lions crowd is going to be a significant impact on that game because they are three and one. They're playing good football. The crowd is rowdy. Those Lions fans have been dying to have a good football team. You know, you saw they traveled to Green Bay. Like, like they were like, let's go, Lions chance breaking out at Lambeau Field. That's pretty crazy. Um, I think Carolina will walk into a hornet's nest here against the Lions. Whereas if Detroit's one and three, and Carolina's, you know, three and one. Maybe Lions fans are a little like, you know, they got the brown paper bags on their heads. They're not screaming. They're not, you know, like like having a good football team matters too. Like home field advantage can yes. vary depending on the fan yes. base, depending on the success of the team. Yeah, agree. All right, let's move on um, from those macro trends and look at some uh, week. We're week five now. Yeah, we're week five now. Week five. five. Uh, wow. Uh, early leans for week five, starting with the uh, the Bears and the Commanders. Let's see. Commanders minus seven. Wow. Uh, total 44 and a half. This line um, opened up at six, but we've seen that already balloon up to a full touchdown. Bears are one of the uh, winless teams in the NFL. Are they the only winless team? Or there's Panthers. Panthers also the, winless. Yeah, Panthers and Bears. Oh, and four. Commanders two and two. Um, Bears zero, three and one against the spread. Uh, Commanders splitting there. When you look at the overs and the unders, uh, Bears are actually four and oh uh, to the over. Commanders are two and two uh what does your scattering report tell you about this one emory one take the over because the bears can score they just can't stop anybody um (laughs) and and so we know washington can score and the scouting point here is washington has no problem scoring just opposed to kansas city having issues scoring now we know kansas city has a better quarterback we know washington pound for pound has better receivers on a perimeter casey has a better tight end I can I say it's a push with running back situation in Casey and Washington, but the difference is Eric Bieniemy. How much of a difference has Eric Bieniemy made for Sam Howell? And the biggest key for me is the fact that he's showing faith in Sam Howell, like still allowing him to go up, go out there and just throw the football. Bu, you know, yeah, he had what nine sacks the last game, um, four interceptions. There was not a conservative game plan going into the Philadelphia game. They actually needed Sam Howell to almost you know pull through and win this game so i think the difference here is one the coordinators and you have to give that edge to both uh washington on both sides of the ball because they actually have a plan defensively um and they also have a plan offensively you can't say that right now about the bears we know about their defense coordinator uh suddenly retire or leaving the team and you know we know they can't stop anybody they trade away or they cut trevis gibson who's out there making plays for the titans and they need a pass rush and now they don't have so there's a lot defensively going on, but I do like the over because they do have the explosive element at quarterback. And I think they finally got it right in terms of how they're going to run their offense. But to me, Washington should win this game, but I like the over better than anything. Yeah, Bears 4 0 to the over. I mean, they, like you said, they can't stop anything. Brinson, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you haven't seen the uh, Matt Eberflus uh, press conference from today, oh. where you talk about Chase Claypool, it is just awkward. It's like 20 straight questions where they're grilling him. They're like, well, where is he? What happened? And he's just like, ah, you know, we're just doing what's best for the team. And it, we sort of talked about this last night. You know, that that they give up the 32nd overall pick in the NFL draft for 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 Chase Claypool. Like they had the first overall because the Dolphins didn't have a first round pick. So there was only 31 in the first round. They had the 32nd pick, and like that's really bad. Like this guy's not gonna be on the team in a couple of weeks, more than likely, it, unless they can get like a seventh round pick for him. He's causing locker room issues, apparently, or there's just something going on between the you know the front office and the coaching staff and Chase Claypool like that is it's going to fly under the radar because of the DJ Moore trade and 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 the Bryce Young trade DJ Moore trade and then getting that what looks like right now the second overall pick but like that's sort of blind luck if the Panthers are that bad so uh, the Bears feel like a very I mean you know we had all this stuff last week with the hundred thousand dollars stuff stolen the defensive coordinator like it's like this is just piling up on the Bears and it's Coaching is a problem. Justin Fields had a great game um, until he didn't. And 
I would also, I'd be curious, Alex, what you think about this too, because about this time last year, the Bears actually decided to start running Justin Fields. Like they basically gave up and they basically <laughs> they they gave did, up the, rather. Yeah. Right. I mean, but they, they were like, they're like, oh crap, we can't win. We're losing games. Like they were, um, actually had won the, two of their first five games. So they were two and three. And then it was just it was like week six. He finally had his second, like he had his first rush game with more than uh, 55 rushing yards. They actually did some design runs for him. And this is where he hit that streak of, or it's like a stretch of six games where he was averaging 13.3 rushing attempts per game and 106.7 rushing yards per game. And so I'm just sort of wondering prop like where you think how this, this could play out if, the Bears are like, oh, crap, we're in the same boat as we were last year. Let's run field some and see what happens. Do you think they move that way? Is there, is there value on fields uh, rushing overs, et cetera? Yeah, I'm just not, I just don't know how uh, sustainable it is for the for Justin Fields to be running around a lot. Oh, it's not. Has, but I mean, yeah, it just has durability issues. I agree. Probably gives him the best chance to win. Uh, he actually had success, obviously, passing the football against that Broncos secondary completely depleted. Uh, looked good for, you know, two and a half, three quarters there uh, before things went sideways for him but I do agree I am surprised that Justin Fields isn't running around a bit more I was also surprised in the Bears backfield there had been a lot of rumblings that Rashawn Johnson had taken over as a starting running back or at least was going to be in some form of a 50-50 split I liked Rashawn Johnson a lot coming into the week as far as his individual props were concerned Khalil Herbert ended up playing 56 of 72 snaps so uh, he's at least looks to be uh, in command of that backfield for the time being. I think it might kind of flip-flop on a week-to-week basis, kind of a hot hand situation there. As far as the commanders are concerned, seven points is a lot for this football team, in my opinion. I know it's against the Bears. I just subscribe to the theory it's a lot easier to play without expectations than it is with expectations. Therefore, meaning, you know, when they're a seven-point dog or eight-point dog to the Eagles, a little bit easier to show up and surprise people than it is when you're a seven-point favorite against a Bears team. So as bad as the Bears have looked, actually, uh, I kind of like them in this spot. I just think seven points is too much uh, for this commander's team to be favored. One thing I want to touch on really quickly, been very encouraged by Terry McLaurin. I believe he's over that early season turf toe that seemed to be hobbling a bit. It looks to be 100%. Someone I'm going to definitely target against this Bears secondary uh, in this game probably as well. All right, moving along from the Amazon, I wish I could return this package Thursday night football <laughs> game to the uh, Sunday morning London game. It is like, I love this Brian Fitzpatrick commercial. It's like, Prime, it's, it's, it's on, it's on. It's a, and it's like, Bears and Commanders. You're like, all right, let's make this short and sweet. Yeah. Um, Jaguars at the Bills. Bills minus five and a half. This game is in London. The total here, 48 open. The look at line was Bills minus four and a half. Open to Bills minus five and a half. Hasn't really moved uh, since then, I don't believe. The The interesting thing about this is you have a, a really rare occurrence where one team in London has been there. The Jaguars have been there, They've been there for a week. Their yeah. bodies have completely adjusted. Yep. The Bills, you now the Bills slaughtered the Dolphins. I don't know when they're flying over there, but they're going to have to adjust. And I think that's why you haven't seen this line move up a ton. Um, I'll say this, the Lions and Falcons game, I mean, excuse me, the, uh, the, the Jaguars and Falcons game, the total for that game, and I pointed this out, this is like, we, they were like, give us one bet in the first four weeks that you would take. I was like, the Jaguars-Falcons under, it's 43. Why yeah. is it 43 when the Bills-Jaguars total is 45? Like, the Falcons aren't as good offensively as the Bills. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, they scored 30 points total in that game. That under would easily hit. Um so I hope you were watching HQ way back when. But the this one is actually oh, this total was up to 48. Yeah. So if, I mean it was like 45 or something like that, or whatever it was. Um I, I'm curious. It, it's just hard to say. It's hard to say how a team is gonna react to traveling to London on a week or a short week, and then like and then like how do how do the Jaguars perform knowing that they've been there for a full week? Like Emory, like body clockwise, that matters, right? Yeah, not nah, the Bills are home team, so they got they got the you know home field advantage. Yes, and at home, they did uh, so, nah, three points. This this is this is a tough it, two things. It's tough on the body because of the time difference, and you know the fact that you got to get used to playing at a certain time, um, and also the field. I hate the field over there. I'd rather them play 
at downtown Abbey or the street the Beatles walked across. Like, the, don't play on yeah. those. It, all you see is slipping and sliding, and the, the field look, the grass looks like it's like 17 inches high. It's terrible. Um, so that's gonna make this a sloppy game. And, and for the Jags, yeah, they've been over there, uh, but I feel and the Jags have fall, fallen victim probably a little bit to their you know reading their own. By the way, the Jaguars are also traveling too. They're switching resorts and switching stadiums, which, so they're 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 moving their whole compound and they're not traveling like like time zones, but they're traveling, which is just a bizarre like. Now you know, let's look at this from a field perspective. Just when you got used to the field you were playing on, hey, okay, right. this week we're gonna do three fourths uh, of an inch uh, cleat spikes. Now you go to another field, you're like, all right, well, which spikes do I use? It's crazy. So I just feel like the Jags, you know, one, have been pressing a lot in terms of reading their own press clippings. On paper, they're supposed to average 30 points a game. But because they think that, they haven't done that yet. And I think if they just played their game, let the game come to them, they'll find those chunk plays that we saw the back half of the season. So because this game is in London, a new field, and I would stay away from this one and just watch for – watching perspective as opposed to putting any money on it well and just just to note um so the wembley is like that old thick grass right whatever they played last week has like you know grass that hadn't been cut yet it looked like yeah wow. wembley's like that thick thick pitch right the on tottenham hotspur stadium.com <laughs> um it's NFL comes in, in in 17 as the 2023 London games touchdown on Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium's groundbreaking purpose-built NFL pitch. So the you're wondering like what pitch and not grass. Pitch. Well, pitch is just pitch is just field. Pitch is just field. I know. I've and, never heard of an no, NFL call it grass. Heard of it as that. If, they, if they're calling it pitch, don't play on it. Play okay. on grass. Find yeah. some grass in England and play on it. You know what I'm saying? Because this is what pitch turf. No, pitch is grass. Pitch, can be, pitch is just the field. It just means field, field. but yeah, for yeah, soccer. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was interesting that they called it an NFL pitch. Um, all right. Any any prop input here, prop stars? Uh, I think the loss of Tredavious White could be a big one as far as like fantasy, yeah. uh, you know, just as far as the Bills as the matchups are concerned. Very good secondary. Losing a corner as good as Tredavious White, I think, will be kind of uh, invite some more high scoring game environments when the Bills are uh, playing. Uh, yeah, I was just very encouraged with the Bills' performance, obviously, against the Dolphins. Just super versatile. Just love how they're able to run the football now as a weakness for them previously. They're very good running the football now. Uh, they can play with a the lead. They can play from behind. Short area passing game. They can pass downfield. So I just think this Bears' offense is very, very versatile. Uh, James Cook, however, only played 23 of 58 offensive snaps. He seemed to have a stranglehold on Buffalo's backfield. Something to look out for here, especially in this matchup against the Jags. All right, let's move on to the um, Texans at Atlanta. Atlanta, obviously, um, coming back from London. Atlanta laying one and a half. This is close um, to big. Just, uh, just uh, kind of sorry. I'm just going to throw out something really quickly. Yeah. Uh, for uh, last year, two games at uh, Tottenham, Vikings Saints on October second. Uh, we got uh, 53 total points, and then Giants Packers got 49 total points. So we had some pretty high scoring games on that Totten Tottenham uh, pitch. Which maybe like that to 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 uh, Emory's point, it's possible that Wembley Stadium thick grass is a lot slower, and that this is kind of a, a juiced up turf that we could see more points being scored off. Just just a just a thought. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Okay, so you lean over the forty eight then? Yeah, I think I would lean over the forty eight, especially with these two offenses. Okay, I like it. All right, uh, Texans at Atlanta. Atlanta laying one and a half. This total forty one and a half. Uh, Texans are two and two across everything. Money line against the spread, over and under. Um, Falcons two and two money line, one and three uh, to everything else. Three to the under. One thing that I think is interesting about these teams coming back from London stats. Now these are stats from last year. I was reading an Action um, Network article and team totals following London games, post London game team totals. Are are three and two to the under and opponent team totals are four and one to the over thought process here is, and I bet this a lot last year and actually it hit is that sp specifically defense is coming back from the travel. They're just not as tough coming up on the next week. So the teams that they're facing tend to do a little bit better. I look at the Texans here, both the Texans and the um, Falcons team total are 20 and a half. I'm hammering the over on the Texans team total. I think they definitely get, you know, the, the Falcons are coming back. They're a little bit gassed and this Texans offense has been cooking. So that's kind of somewhere that I lean. What do you think about this one? Prop stars. 
I, I like those leans quite a bit, Katie. Yeah, I just think the Falcons got pretty badly exposed. Uh, they just cannot sustain drives whatsoever. As a result, I think the Texans are going to be on the field a ton, and I think their defense is going to really suffer as a result. This could be Desmond Ritter's last start possibly this season. Looks like he could be benched. Had a terrible game, four sacks, two interceptions, led to just seven points uh, yesterday. That is unacceptable when you have Bijan Robinson, when you have Kyle Pitts, when you have Drake London. Obviously not all the blame on Desmond Ritter, but certainly the quarterback play in Atlanta has not been very good at all. And then this Texans team has just been so impressive. I've just been so impressed by C.J. Stroud. Nico Collins absolutely balling, 168 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Uh, prior to week two, he hadn't had a 100-yard receiving game, and then he went seven for 146, and then his monster performance there yesterday. Damian Pierce finally had a good game. This Texans offense is for real. They are legit balling, super impressed with them and going forward. I think they're going to beat Atlanta this week too. All right, let's uh, – yeah, I mean, the Falcons – Ritter is going to start uh, Arthur Smith announced, but, man, uh, my Falcon, my Falcons – He's 4-0 at home. That's what I'm hanging my hat on, is that they'll figure out something to do at home. Uh, speaking about home, the Lions might have a home field advantage coming up next week. But first, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Panthers at Lions, cat-on-cat cat action. Oh, my. Who wins? Oh, my. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Pick 6. All right, Panthers at Lions. Lions laying 8.5. This total, 43.5. Panthers are the only other winless team in the league with the Bears. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Brinson, because you, you know, Panthers are quasi. They're my team. Yeah, I live yeah. here. I mean, I live. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty. Eight and it's, a half is pretty large, though. Yeah, I would get the Lions now. Mm. Panthers stink. The Panthers, the Panthers are are, are are hot trash right now, and uh, they really should be zero and four against the spread. The they they ended up pushing against the Saints, and it was like a kind of a garbage time uh, backdoor touchdown that you know it sort of kept a little bit of hope alive at home on that Monday night game. But by and large, I mean Carolina. Carolina has no explosiveness whatsoever on offense. Um, the offensive line is not great. Unfortunately, like two fifths of it is in, in, a bunch of NC State guys, which is uh, is not great for for me. Um, curious what you think here, Emery. What what should the Panthers do? Like what what is what Bryce Young was number one overall pick. It, it was an easy one. Panthers traded up, gave up a ton for him, and he's been the third best rookie quarterback so far this year. What would you do if you were Frank Reich uh, with Bryce Young? Allow him to be Bryce Young. That's why you drafted him. And his play is based off how he plays off script. But when you're trying to force a square peg in a round hole, it's not going to work. And just going quickly back to the Atlanta game, I asked something more on that in terms of how the coach, coordinator, play caller thing dynamic doesn't work. 
and you see a little bit of that with Carolina, if you're going to be a head coach and was a former coordinator, hire someone to call plays. Mm -hmm. You can't do it all. Only rare guys can do it. We see it with Sean McVay. We see it with um, Shanahan. And I feel like when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, which is the case of Carolina, it could be a problem. And so you see a dude out there that's not trying to play like Bryce Young. You see him playing like uh, Frank Wright. You see him playing like Josh McCown. You see him playing like, you know, all these guys that have had their hands in the quarterback position. Just play your game and it'll open up for you. By, by the way, just I've known, I think that's really interesting that you brought that up because I, my mom texted me this morning and said, hi, Will, I have a mom football question for you. They were at the Panthers game yesterday. We were told yesterday that the Panthers coach calls the plays for the quarterback. Is that the case for every team? I love you. Um, <laughs> shout out to shout out to Mimi. Shout out to Reverend Ann. Shout out to Mimi. Uh, that's your grandmother's name. Um, no, mom, it is not the case with every team. It is the case with. Um, I was sort of like walking through how I was going to respond to her because it's like a, it's kind of a complex. Yeah, it's like it's Sometimes. not like an easy like no. Question. What's that? It's a it's great, great question. question. Yeah, and it's like. I, Frank Reich has been successful calling plays before. Uh, it feels like pretty early for for everybody to be jumping on him about that. Um, I, you know, but like to me, it's not a it's not a Frank Reich. I mean, it's partial. There's Frank Reich's not helping it with the play calls and like what they're doing with Bryce Young. But to me, it's like the offensive line and the weapons. Um, they they wanted these weapons, these underneath guys. They could dink and dunk their way down the field with an offensive line that was questionable. And it's just not it's not enough because defenses can squat on it and there's not enough of a run game there. And you're just asking your defense to do too much. So like I don't know that it's necessarily Frank Reich's play calling. I think it's like the Panthers um prematurely believed that they were kind of a quarterback, not a quarterback away, but prematurely believed that getting a quarterback first overall with the weapons that they had while trading DJ Moore could allow them to be a team that competes for the playoffs. And clearly that's just not the case right now. So Moving along. Mom, I'll text you back later. I know you're watching. <laughs> Titans at the Colts. Colts minus one and a half. Total 42 and a half. This is uh, getting some juice to the Tennessee side. I believe Mike Vrabel now a dog all five weeks to start the season. Wow. Total is actually getting way up at 42 and a half with the uh, the. Oh, sorry. That, that's what it was. It opened. Maybe it opened a little bit lower, but it's getting juice at minus 115 as well. Um, I think, man. Prop stars, Anthony Richardson, this guy, like, it's, I mean, it, it, what we, we said last week on the show, right? Anytime touchdown, or we said at one point, I think Katie called it. I mean, and he, he got a couple and this, he's a, he's an anytime touchdown machine. Yeah. Yep. Katie's called it a few times. Certainly a good look. I just think when he's on the field, uh, getting that close to even odds is, is definitely a good look. Just really impressed with his poise, even down. What was it? 23, nothing still uh, came back in that game to tie it force overtime. Really impressed with Anthony Richardson. Uh, just want to br bring up Derek Henry though. Uh, looked like he was cooked coming into this game. He looked plenty explosive last week. I turned the corner on some big runs on that big touchdown run. Was very impressed with Derrick Henry. I really think it's been a result of that offensive line. Also put to bed the Tajay Spears uh, hype train. I think Tajay Spears is going to play if the team is trailing, but I think with a lead, it's still going to be the all Derrick Henry show. And it just reminds me of that great Sopranos quote. I guess it's from The Godfather. Just when I thought they were out, he pulls me back in. <laughs> By the way, any uh, Emory, you you were you had the Colts winning the division before the season, and I had Anthony Richardson, my QB one, coming into the draft, but before he even had a full season at Florida. But that, I digress mm. on that. Um, <laughs> That's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Shane Steichen, can you stay out the way? Imagine if he kicks the field goal to go to when they're down twenty three to eight and makes it twenty three eleven instead of going for it. They win by three in regulation. He has been doing this all season long. Yes. Situational football has been killed. They should be undefeated right now. And when you think about the Colts in Texas, they look like the two best teams in the division right now. Um, and they're banged up in the secondary. We saw Flowers, I believe, got hurt yesterday. That's huge because he's a great athlete. So they're thin in the secondary. But will the Titans be able to take advantage with Tannehill? So it's a this is a very tough game. I probably will stay away from it. Uh, one game that I think that you should might want to jump on now, Giants at Dolphins. Dolphins laying nine and a half. I think after this Monday night game, uh, the Giants are facing the Seahawks tonight. We could see this in double digits um, in in the Dolphins' favor, and I think there's a huge bounce back coming out 
from the Dolphins, kind of similarly to what we saw. They had this crazy scoring output, and then they kind of have a little bit more of a down game. Uh, I just I the Giants' offense has shown me absolutely nothing to say that you can trust them in this um, spot. And I do think that on Thursday night against the 49ers, they held up um, pretty good, but the Niners were still able, you know, to drop quite a few points on them. So give me the, the Dolphins right now at nine and a half because I think we see double digits after tonight's game. Uh, Brinson, what do you think? Uh, I, I got the Dolphins. I mean, I got the, the Giants winning tonight on Monday night. So, I mean, like, I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I know. Why? Just, they're favorite. Tell me why. Playing <laughs> at home. Home at Monday night. Home field advantage. Uh, <laughs> How did home field advantage work out for them on I'm Sunday kidding. night I'm football? Kidding. Also, I'm, I don't know why we're doing the MetLife back-to-back again. I mean. It's br- yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's you can't do any damage to it. Taylor Swift could have five straight concerts there, and you can play funny games that are just still like before and after, and still you wouldn't know. It's just like this rock-hard turf. I'm, I'm sort of curious um, – what uh, yeah, our 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 feline our feline involved companion down there uh, <laughs> prop feels about uh, Devin uh, Achan? Is it Achan now? Achan. 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 Very impressed with Devin Achan. His efficiency has been absolutely out of this world. Eleven touches, one hundred and twenty yards, <laughs> two touchdowns yesterday. Uh, he also outsnapped Raheem Mostert, I believe, thirty nine. To 28. So, so it could be a changing of the guard in that Miami backfield. Certainly is playing as well as any running back in the NFL right now. And he's definitely earning more touches and more snaps, but very, very impressive from him, even in that loss. Uh, just just one thing to throw back on the on the previous game, uh, and then we can move along unless you got something on Giants and Dolphins, Emory. But um Jonathan Taylor gonna practice on Wednesday. Yeah, my fantasy team is excited. I mean, there's a decent chance he plays against the Titans. Like the Colts, if the Colts, I mean Dude, like I did a thing for the Colts, like for social, it was like five teams he could land with. The number one team he should land with is the Colts. You have a rookie quarterback. Just pay. Who cares? Just pay the running back some money and be better. Like you got to like you're two and two. Emory points out you could be four and zero, oh, could be three and one. Go win the division. Pay Jonathan Taylor. Like I don't care if Zach Bosses look good. Pay Jonathan Taylor and go win the division. Like what are you doing? Quit effing around and go win. Well, you we see how, and this is my thought on the Giants because you see how that's working out for New York, right, by not paying Saquon and paying Daniel Jones. You made him the focal point of the offense, and look what happened. They're out there averaging 1.8 yards uh, an attempt and 0.5 points a game. Like, this is something they got to get better, and I have no faith in them. Katie touched on it. They have shown absolutely nothing offensively for me even trusting tonight or, or even next week against Miami. Yeah. Um, sorry. I was reading a text message right there. Um, okay. Moving on for the Ravens and the Steelers Ravens minus four and a half, um, in Pittsburgh, this total low 39 and 38, a half, 38 and a half down another full point. My goodness. Yeah, really. Well, you know, not that their offense has been great. Mitch Trubisky is expected um, to start. Kenny Pickett obviously got injured um, this weekend. If you look at Trubisky as a home dog, he's five and six straight up, five, three and three against the spread. Um, And as a career dog overall, 15, 11 and four against the spread. Uh, Emery, do you like the Steelers chances better with Trubisky than Pickett? Mike Tomlin versus Lamar Jackson is interesting. And the Steelers have been one team that has kind of made it tougher Lamar Jackson to have success like he has had against the rest of the division. The Ravens also have a history of playing with their food in, in teams that they sh- on paper they should cream Pittsburgh. Trubisky, Ravens defense, should be Ravens 44 nothing. But this game going to come down to the wire. So I would stay away from it because of how the Steelers tend to game plan for Lamar Jackson with the defensively. So this game could be a lot closer than what people think. Yeah, Lamar just uh, two and three in his career against the Steelers. Four pa- touch- four passing touchdowns, six interceptions Ooh. in five games against the uh, against against Pittsburgh. Less than 59 or less 59.6% completion rate, 634 passing yards that's 126.8 per game nothing particularly impressive and even when you look at the rushing 47 carries 217 yards so that's 4.6 yards per yards per rush i mean this is just these numbers are just very uninspiring against this steelers defense i i think everyone will be jumping on the ravens here because of the mitchell trubisky factor 
but man, Lamar against the Steelers has not been good. This could, this really could be like a nine to six game. Yeah. There's no props or anything available for this prop stars. Are you looking at anything in this game in terms of props to look uh, at? I, I, I would agree with Emery regarding the Baltimore Ravens tending to play down to their level of competition. I've just been really impressed with Lamar Jackson. I know historically, obviously struggling against Pittsburgh, but he's been uh, to me, he's been great this year. Yeah. And I think they've overcome so many injuries on both sides of the football for Baltimore. I think they've been as injured as almost any team in the league. He looks very good to me. They're a favorite to win the division. I think he's going to be a top three MVP candidate as well. So yeah, looking at the futures market, as far as Lamar's concerned right now, I'd like his chances in the MVP race. Yeah, Lamar's still 12 to 1 to win MVP. I mean, he was only like a probably like 15 to 1 to start the season. Um, Allen has leapfrogged Tua now at plus three. Looking over at FanDuel, Allen at plus 350, Tua at five to one, Mahomes five to one, Hurts eight to one, and then Lamar and then Herbert. Um, you know, we point out Brock Purdy 16 to 1 as well. You got to win your division. That's so key. Um, and the Ravens, if they win this game, will have swept the division on the road. In week five, that is nuts. You have three road division wins in week five. Like you told me earlier today that this doggone home thing mattered. Doesn't matter it when you're. Do, it does. Doesn't matter, insert, doesn't matter anyway, when you're starting doing it. It does in certain places. It's not going to win you the game, but hold, there is such thing as home field advantage. Having well, you, you, know, you know what you know what negates you know what negates home field advantage. What? Gimpy Joe Burrow. Dorian Thompson, mm -hmm. I thought you were about, about to throw in them radio DTR, DTR, <laughs> a gimpy, gimpy Joe Burrow and Mitchell Trubisky. That's what negates home field advantage. That's how the Ravens, if the Ravens get that, think about that. that's wild. In the first five weeks of the season, you might get uh, two backups and Joe Burrow at his absolute bottom. Right, like that's crazy that you would get that on the road in the division to start the season. That's how like you overcome a rash of injuries to win your division. No Nick Chubb either. They no Nick Chubb. Yeah, good point. Uh, so yeah, uh, that is quite an interesting situation for them. Saints and Patriots. Pats minus one and a half. Yeah, I would bet Lamar Jackson oh, wow. MVP. Pats minus. Boy, can't quit the Pats, can I? Pats minus <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> put this game at eight o'clock, or like before the before the London game. Put this game at eight o'clock. I know, and I put this game at six a.m. <laughs> Relegate this game. Yeah. Um, total thirty nine and a half. I would lean towards the under here. Yeah. The Saints cannot. I mean, this that total should be lower. It's in. I don't think. Uh, let's see if weather will be a factor at all. But the. Um, Ooh, Sunday. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Under city, baby. Boston says gonna be uh, it'll be it'll be rainy all throughout the morning. Mm. Thirteen to 12, 13, 11 mile per hour winds. Two teams that don't want to pass the ball might get Jameis Winston, which is actually Jameis would be concerning for the over because he might throw like three pick sixes. If it's Derek Carr that bum shoulder again against Mac Jones, two conservative game plans, two pretty good defenses. Patriots banged up. Matthew Judon, maybe uh, I think he's supposed to miss significant time. The under is a great look here to me at 39 and a half right now. Oh, only this game could produce a player that could somehow top a 13 reception for 33 yard performance. That's what uh, Alvin Kamara posted yesterday with uh, Derek Carr, obviously throwing him the football. So talk about inefficiency. I believe Carr at one point had 17. He was 17 for 25 with 75 passing yards had a big completion at the end of the game to go over the the century mark but yeah 17 for 25 for 75 passing yards is that right well how how do you not pull him out of there i feel like Derek card like had some like that is wild 37 pass attempts for 127 yards that is outrageous disgusting yeah not for dennis allen though that's par for the court i told i told y'all last week like that game was going to depend on who's starting that game and we saw what an injured, skittish Derek Carr looked like in the pocket against Tampa Bay's pressure. Bill Belichick has to be licking his chops. Um, but it's all about which defense you trust in this game. Like, this could be the 9-6 game. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Under, and, under, and, under. And, and we're like, with the difference with Winston is, like, Jameis will throw some stuff into tight windows, try to force it. Patriots could pick six it, and that's how that game goes over because Jameis is then throwing bombs back down the way, like the other way. If it's Derek Carr... I mean, with a bum shoulder, he's going to be captain checkdown all day long. 
love the under if Carr plays in this. If he played last week, I don't see why he wouldn't play again this week. All right, that's a consensus on the under there. Bengals at the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> Bengals minus three, uh, minus 115, getting some juice there. Uh, the total was 43 and a half, has uh, climbed up to 44 and a half with juice to the over as well. The Bengals were seven at minus seven and a half on the look ahead, open at minus six. Joe Burrow has been terrible. Calf is still hurting him. Um, you know, the, we, were, we were just discussing last night, like, what do you do with Joe Burrow? Do you, do you sit him? Do you roll him out there? T. Higgins with a rib uh, injury said he won't be out an extended period of time on Monday, but could certainly miss this game. Um, Emery, what do you, I mean, Cardinals have been plucky. They kept it. They hung around. Uh, they really, should, really should have covered against the Niners, but I mean, like yeah. bad beat at the end, right? The drop by Ertz, like, bro. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's tough to see. If, uh, yeah. No. Um, what do you, uh, how are you handling this? Like this Burroughs situation? What do you do on offense? If you're the, you're the Joe Mixon is standing right there in your face, Zach Taylor. Like, what are you even doing? Dropping him back, throwing the ball as much as you are. Your offensive line can't handle pass rush. Maybe they could run block. Wow. Like, it's fascinating how a lot of times these coaches mess this thing up. It's not that complicated. And so the best way to calm this pressure that they're going to see from the Cardinals front is to run right at him and allow Burrow to operate off play action, give him a little bit, a half a second more time back there in the pocket because you know he can't throw. He can't really step into these throws with the oh. uh, tweak calf or whatnot. And you still drop back. Yeah, you put him in the shotgun. That's not going. That that may help, but he still can't help that he can't step into the throws. By, um, by, by the way, Burrow, the first quarterback in NFL history with 150 pass attempts in his team's first four weeks to go under five yards per pass attempt. He can't throw downfield. You're right. Right, because he can't step into it. And he can't get the velocity on it, and he yep. didn't have the strongest of arms to begin with. So, again, I would stay away from this game because. I don't trust that they're going to lean into Joe Mixon like they should. And the Cardinals, they look like they, it was it was the Mike Tyson approach when they got to San Francisco right out of the gate until the yeah. second half. There was a, oh, wow, this is big, bad San Francisco. We forgot how to cover. We're just going to leave everybody open. We're not going to tackle Christian McCaffrey. And so it's like, are they going to come in now feeling they could beat Cincinnati? Or are they going to come in with that same, we're just happy to be here approach against the Bengals that they did against San Francisco? I'm going to look at the Cardinals team total here. It's at 20 and a half. They've been frisky and they've been pretty good um, on offense. Now, I know obviously the Bengals were able to hold Matt Stafford. That was a desperate game for the Bengals. Not that they're not going to be desperate in this um, matchup too, but I might lean towards the over the total in general and and look at the uh, the Cardinals team total. They've just been they've just been a fun team. They've been a fun team to watch and this this offense has been moving. What do you think, Props? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback on Emery's point, it's funny with Zach Taylor, the knock on him originally was that he was running the football way too much and they just needed to kind of let Joe Burrow cook. And now that Joe Burrow's gimpy and the passing game is completely ineffective or inefficient, they're not running the ball nearly enough because Joe Mixon has been their best offensive player. So I certainly agree there. The Bengals have been also uh, run blocking a lot better than the pass protection as well. It would benefit them to protect Burrow and to uh, kind of focus on what's working for them, which has been Joe Mixon. But I have just been so impressed with Josh Jobs, with this Cardinals team. We saw the rookie, Michael Wilson, 70 yards, a pair of touchdowns, uh, Hollywood Browns balling out as well. I just think this the wrong team here is favored based on, you know, history but this season the cardinals i have a lot more confidence in them than i do in the bengals uh, all all their three units as well are playing better than the bengals in my opinion so i think the cardinals should win this game outright outright ooh cardinals money line that is a that is a frisky bet we like it all right eagles laying four and a half at the rams this total 49 and a half uh, look ahead was eagles minus six it opened at five and a half already been bet down to four and a half matt stafford you know reminding everyone just how tough um and clutch he is versus the colts this last weekend puka nakua finally getting uh into the end zone there at the end of the game the Eagles offense just really has not impressed me um, this season as much as they did last season. I might, I might mess around and take the Rams here. Um, plus the four and a half. I just think this is a good spot for them. What are you thinking, Emery? I didn't like how Matt Stafford looked after he got hit. Oh, the hip injury. That. He said he is going to play in this next. That's not good news for me versus this Eagles front. Mm -hmm. um, that That's an issue because 
it, it, it he looked he heavily favoring it down the stretch. But kudos to him. Um, so I worry about that that dynamic in this game. Four and a half, I like a lot more than six. So I'm gonna lay these points with Philadelphia because they are the better team. But you gotta say that Sean McVay is one hell of a coach. He got this young team playing out, you know, a, a year in the, ahead of themselves. Um, all those, and it shows you what happens when you believe in in someone and you hit you empower someone to be successful. Because we saw it last night with Zach Wilson, and we we're seeing it right now with these rookie Rams and these first year starter Rams just making plays all over the field. And a lot better. This whole conference is better than the division is better than what we thought it was going to be um, coming into the season. So this is now a four team division as opposed to a two team. Um, I want to look real quick what the uh, over under for Philly is because yes, yeah, so Philly three and one to the over so far this year. Again, the only game that went under was that Buccaneers game, and I think that Bucks offense just not excuse me, just not as like, I, I think, I think Taylor Tampa's three and one. I think we, we talked about this last night where it's like, what, what the hell do you know about the NFC South right now with like Atlanta, Tampa. And like, I, I think the NFC South could be like worse than people think, you know, it's like, yeah, two, 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 two and two teams and a three and one team. But like when they start playing anybody else, that's kind of decent. They get a little bludgeoned. So looking at this, I just think maybe we see a situation where uh, we don't know we could get Cooper cup back, but I haven't, I think we'll hear about that later today, probably from um, from Sean McVay. If Cooper Cup comes back, kind of love this over. I mean, it's 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 really high, but Philly is, you know, I mean, Philly's three and one to the over, and the uh, the Rams two and two. Uh, I could just see a lot of points in this game. I feel like I like the over here as well, Brinson, and I think Cooper Cup is expected to practice this week and uh, potentially uh, play in Week Five. So, yeah, certainly good news for the Rams and their passing attack. Uh, the Eagles have a very stout front seven, and the run defense is very good, but they've been very vulnerable in the back end. So I think that does not that that's going to be difficult to contain Matthew Stafford, and we're talking about Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. Quick hitting, quick hitting, quick hitting stuff agreed, to, to avoid the that pressure. Of the field. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so I, I think they're going to score a lot of points. We saw that with the Commanders; they had a great, uh, they had a great game plan. Game plan, courtesy of Bienemy, getting rid of the ball very quickly. Uh, so yeah, I think the Rams can certainly score against this team. I think the over is a really good look as well. Yeah, and maybe uh, keep an eye out for, and you might not get him because of his injury, but Matthew Stafford uh, over pass attempts or over completions. Or, you know, Puka, Puka Cooper Cup over receiving, you know, because Puka's numbers will be pulled down a little bit if Cooper Cup plays. So those might be decent looks. In Shout the out to Kyron Williams, though, for running the heck out of the football, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's played awesome. Two touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. Wild. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here. We get back. We're going to talk more early leans for week five, including Chiefs at Vikings. Uh, Chiefs coming off of an interesting game last night. Stick around. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Pick 6 Podcast. Uh, continuing with our Week 5 early looks and leans here. Chiefs laying 5.5 at Minnesota. Total 52.5. Uh, the Chiefs looked, I mean... Won the game, obviously, last night, but I think arguably maybe one of Patrick Mahomes' worst games that he's played. I believe that Zach Wilson had more passing yards um, than Patrick Mahomes did last night, which is actually pretty wild. Through two picks, seemed like that maybe the overhype of the game and stuff was getting to him um, a little bit. Obviously, the Vikings, we now have 
not been great this year. Everything has slipped over to the other side. They're losing a lot of single score games. I would lean on the Chiefs bounce back here, uh, minus the five and a half, probably the over 52 and a half because the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson's have been putting up um, a lot of points. But Emery, um, what do you think about this Chiefs defense? Very much so leading from the front. You know, they're better than what people give them credit for. And now that you have Chris Jones back in the fold and getting his groove going like he did last night, I just think that this defense should help them cover this spread, but also keep this under. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the under. I, too. Yeah, I, I'm with the under here, and and I like the, the under. To, yeah, to lead the points, but I like the under because I don't see the Vikings scoring as many points because I think they're going to get after Kirk Cousins um, in, in all situations because, you know, yeah, we like to joke about garbage time Cousins, but I don't think it's going to even get to that because we saw that defensive line uh, you know, really find his, his rhythm so far this season. So I like the defense here more so than anything. Um, and so I'm going I'm to lay the point, but I'm going to take the under. So the Vikings are actually one in three to the uh, over. They've been they're, so they're, they've been an under team, but it's it's because, like, they had that 54.5 point total against the Chargers that went under uh, that. They're really high. They just had these high totals because they, yeah. they're not very good on defense. But you can run on the Vikings. And the, I think the Chiefs, we saw what they're, they're willing to like lean on Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I think it'd be a good spot to look for him. He's playing, you know, he played awesome in the, in the sort of the hometown narrative game on, on Sunday night, um, you know, help, the, help them get to that win. And so with the Chiefs too, like they're, they're two and two to the over. One of those is the 41 10 game against the Bears, where, you know, Chicago can't stop anybody. Uh, and then the other was that, I guess the week one game against the Lions went over. Or did last night's game go over? Mm, I think last night's game went over. Last night's game went over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because 23-20, that total was like in the 39. It was like 39 or something like that. So you have like a really low total that barely went over because Zach Wilson put up 20 unanswered points against Patrick Mahomes or against that Chiefs defense. And then you have the game where they just blasted the Bears out of of the water. So I could see a game where Kevin O'Connell is trying to say, we want to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. They're trying to run the football. And then on third downs, Cousins is throwing to Justin Jefferson. And then, you know, on the same note, you have the Chiefs running the football as well. And, and so, like, maybe it's like you go under now, 52 and a half. And then when that game starts out slow, which I think it will, just like that Chargers-Vikings game, you could get a live over and end up with a spot where you have a really nice window that with a where you could hit both. Props, any thoughts on this game? Uh, I'm all aboard the Rishi Rice hype train. I think he's going to end up being uh, Patrick Mahomes' favorite weapon besides Travis Kelsey, obviously. As the season progresses, I think he's going to end up starting, running a ton of routes out of the slot. That's where Sky Moore has been primarily operating. He's been completely ineffective. I think maybe even this week we'll see uh, Rishi Rice out-snap, certainly out-produce, which he's done all season long, Sky Moore. So that's someone I've got my eye on. I really like a lot. Yeah, second, you mentioned him last week, uh, second in targets, and had, had a kind of a bad drop, but, I mean, otherwise played played pretty well. Next up, the Jets and the Broncos. God, this game was super sexy in the preseason when Sean Payton decided to drag the Jets. Oh, yes. Now this game is wah, wah. not as – this game's probably on CBS, so I should probably stop saying that. But um, <laughs> Broncos minus two and a half. Look ahead was Broncos minus three. Open at two and a half after the Jets played well on Sunday night. Total of 42 and a half. Um, man, I mean, look, are we going to get anything resembling Zach Wilson from last night? Because if we are, I love the over here. I think, you know, I the, think Jets, the Jets defense is good. It's not as great. It's not as good as they think. Uh, I think they probably bounce. I mean, you know, they, they, it's good. Well, it's not historically great. Yeah. Broncos defense, not good. But I think the Broncos will be able to score. I might, I might look at the Jets as like a live dog here, actually. Yeah, I like I mean, the over here. I, I think Browns should, I mean, the Browns, the Broncos found their tailback, Jalil McLaughlin. It's shocking that this dude went undrafted. Um, you know, I was at the Hula Bowl when he competed down that way and he did a great job there. But this is someone that ran for like a, a zillion yards at Notre Dame College, Division II program. Transfers up nearby to Youngstown State, goes for a zillion yards there as well. And all you heard throughout the whole uh, postseason All Star Game circuit, hey, he's too small. He's just small, and now he's killing it with the Broncos. And he gives Sean Payton that explosiveness that he loves in his tailbacks. You go back to his time with, you know, the Cowboys and how much I mean, in the Giants, how much he was able to, you know, really help revitalize Tiki Barber. 
you know, and get him in the mix, right? And then now you look at him now throughout the Saints and all that stuff like that. But yeah, they just lean into him. He helps keeps the offense explosive. I'm with you, Will. I think this could potentially be an over game because of the Broncos defense and Zach Wilson having confidence now is going to look a lot better. All right, uh, let's hit Cowboys at the 49ers. Katie, the Niners undefeated. Now get their, get their first true test of the year, I think you could argue. They're yep. three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against a, a strong Dallas defense, total of 45. Are you worried that this is going to be a kind of a Cowboys home game at all? No, no. I mean, there will be a lot of Cowboys fans there because um, obviously Cowboys fans travel really well and they're bandwagon machines. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they live everywhere. Uh, so it'll it could be like, I don't know, 70, 30 or 60, 40. We mostly Niners fans, but there will be a heavy amount um, of Cowboys fans there. This three and a half, just a little over home field advantage. Um, and look, I think this and Emory, I think you're going to get into this. Um, I love this, well. this home field theme we've got going. Yeah, there. well, I mean, books. That's, that's why I see Jack. That's why you laugh. I know, I know, I know, yeah. Home field advantage. That's what that is. That means they would be neutral somewhere else, but they give three for the home. Anyways, um, this comes down to Dallas's defense. Like, obviously, Dallas has been winning these games because they create turnovers. Can they get Brock Purdy? Emory, I know you're going to get into this a little bit more, but it's if they can, if they can make Brock Purdy you know, turn, turn the ball over. They can win this game. If they can't, then they're not going to win this game and they're not going to cover. I'm curious what the Niners team total is. Cause y'all know I've been preaching this every single day. It is hit um, four weeks in a row. It was 29 and a half. I'm curious what it's going to be this week, but that is just the gift um, that keeps on giving. Um, worth noting. And you can use uh sportsline sportsline.com slash join for it's your first month for a buck. Use promo code PICK, P-I-C-K. Uh, over there, R.J. White has his uh, power rankings that he puts in and does like the early looks at some spreads. And I'll just note that <laughs> the one that stood out, the Lions, minus 11 and a half, according to his power rankings. Also, and you have to check out the full article and, and subscribe to get it, but 49ers minus five and a half, according to his power rankings. So maybe there's some value here uh, early on the 49ers. That's how I would kind of lean. It's just yeah. hard. To, it's like hard to say because... The Niners have been incredible, but they really, I mean, they really haven't played anybody, you know? And it's like, are they going to just truck stick the Cowboys defense with this, with this offense? I would be surprised on the other hand. Cardinals did. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, exa well, yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, if you're Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, how do you not have like 49ers PTSD? After all these playoff losses, like I mean, I I would be freaking out. You guys, got anything? team total, it's gone down twenty four and a half. That over mm -hmm. plus one hundred two. Take it, Emory, Alex. You guys got anything on this game? I've been impressed with Dallas's secondary and tertiary option. Michael Gallup strung together a couple of good games. He kind of looked a little bit dead in the water there. And I was also curious why Dalton Schultz wasn't re-signed to the Cowboys in the offseason. But now I understand after watching Jake Ferguson play, I think that Dallas has a very solid tight end in him. He's someone I look to continue. Dak really loves uh, his tight end as a security blanket. So I think their connection is going to continue to grow. Someone I have my eye on for props. Maybe not against the 49ers because they defend tight ends exceptionally well, but they're going forward if i'm if i'm dallas i mean if i'm san francisco i'm circling two people on defense for dallas obviously michael parsons yeah and obviously uh leighton vander ash because they could take advantage of him because he doesn't have the same athleticism he could be vulnerable in coverage all, all play action but i said michael parsons because i'm not gonna let you rush the passer we're gonna run right at you we're gonna turn yep. you to our defender all day long we'll see how the cardinals did right you want to defend the run until you prove you can stop the run consistently, then we'll allow you to get after the quarterback. But I do like Dallas here. If we go back, look at that playoff game, if it wasn't for Dak giving them nine points, they beat San Francisco. So they do match up well athletically. But it's going to be up to can they play a clean game offensively? So well, that's that is that's the key. Can they play a clean game and can they force those turnovers, you know? So Or can they catch him at least cuz yeah, I mean they, they can get after Purdy on those well, Yeah, Purdy's moves. the luckiest. I right. will admit he's you the luckiest saying? when it comes to his should be interceptions uh not being caught. All right, uh, final game Packers minus one and a half at the Raiders, total 44 and a half. Um this line looks like it's going to tick up towards the Packers. We haven't seen anybody this season come back from a concussion and play the following week. 
which is which is me. I think that this is something the NFL is putting an emphasis on. Like they don't want guys clearing concussion protocol a week after they play. Like if you get a concussion, you are probably going to miss one week. Um, but that also means, especially if it's Monday, Jimmy Garoppolo likely coming back for this game. I would think so. I guess I'm wondering, like, what does this line do if Jimmy G is playing? I tend to, like, knowing there's a chance he doesn't play, I tend to lean towards the Packers a little bit here. But it's Monday night on the road. Uh, that Vegas feels like Vegas steals some of these, like, primetime games against questionable teams. And it's not like Jordan Love has been great. Well, Vegas, to me, it seems like they're the new uh, London. You look in a Vegas crowd and there's, like, teams from – jerseys from everybody yeah, it's like, everybody on a bachelor bachelor parties or bachelor right parties. Like this, <laughs> I, I hate that it's not still in in california but whatever um if the packers can't be healthier up front this could be a problem uh and that's what has caused a lot of the ineffectiveness for just uh jordan love in the beginning of the game and he finds the rhythm and then he gets he gets it going late but they just are a better team right now i feel like than the raiders so i would trust this at one and a half lay the point to the packers and i like the over because I feel like the Raiders, whether it's Aiden O'Connell or even Jimmy G, they can get you at least 17. The problem is they can't stop you from scoring 30. I think that's going to be the biggest key. All right. That's going to do it uh, for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And make sure you join us all week long for more NFL coverage. Tomorrow, it is Brinson, Breach, and Wilson. Joined by Pete Prisco to break down his weekly power rankings on CBSSports.com. Always a fun one. One last reminder to show us some love and like, comment, and hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page for us. If you're listening to the audio version only, download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. Uh, some of us will see you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.